0: Whatever <laughs> this week's fire ship. Twenty years we don't use This this know. week's fire ship. Buker Tov. Very good Air of Shabbat. Uh, today's Parshishir uh, is dedicated by our good friend Naomi Maurer in memory of her husband, Dr. Ivan Maurer's of Rocha. We appreciate her help over all the years. A very good friend and a wonderful woman, and Dr. Maurer was a very special man. This week's Parsha uh, opens for us uh, a a vista of uh, Jewish life and of Jewish thought regarding names, Names are very important in Jewish life. They are often the source of uh, blessings and also of tensions. And uh, the Torah itself concentrates on names. The Torah tells us reasons why people were named what they were named. So we have Odom because Mino Adomolucah is taken from the earth. Chavo, he also aim Kolchoi, the mother of life, and so on. So that uh, the name Hevel comes to mean uh, something that is not permanent, that really doesn't last, because Hevel is killed immediately. So when we speak of Hevel, we don't speak of the person; we speak as Shlomo Amelach did, Havel Omar things that are not permanent. Most of our accomplishments are uh, not permanent. We don't take our wealth with us. Even our intelligence wanes. We say it every morning, again, quoting (laughs) Kohelet's, It's all nothingness. Then we come to Noach. <clears throat> and the Torah says they call them Noach because they in Achamenu You bring to us comfort. So therefore he was called Noah. Rashi says the reason is that the... Uh, According the Medrash, he was the father of technology, created tools, invented the plow, made it possible for human life to become more productive and easier. So that's Noach. The Gemara Darshins, the, the B'forshim Darshan, they all explain shame, chom in the office. That refers to their characteristics. So shame is someone who is interested in preserving his name. And chom is someone who is hot-blooded. Emotional, uh, behaves uh, irrationally. And Yophis is uh, the beauty of the arts, literature. So the Torah always saw in the name of the person more than just the name. We come to Avraham Avinu. So there his name is changed to represent who he really is. Lo Kim Ki Avam So now you're the father of many nations. You're a universal father. The introduction of monotheistic practice into the world so that's reflected in his name he and Sora also her name was Sorai so Sorai is my, it belongs to me I'm the uh, power, I'm the officer I'm the one and that's not her name anymore it's Sorah also universal. Not only for one's own personal self, but uh, for all of humankind. Then you have Yitzchak. So there's very different reasons for Yitzchak, all of which are associated with the fact that uh, he is uh, his birth rather is so incongruous so unlikely anybody here, you tell the story to do they'll laugh it can't be and the Torah even describes how uh Yerushalayim is named So Yerushalayim is a combination of Yerushalayim and of Sholeim. The two uh, names were combined to be Yerushalayim. And you'll find in Tanakh that Yushalaim uh, is rarely spelled with a Yud at the end. It's always spelled Lamed Mem, because that's Shalayim. So you have here uh, all of these uh, names. And then we have, last week's Parsha, A and Yaakov. Esau is Admoni uh, Kuloseir. So Esau, he's born whole. Mature. And that's why he's called Adam. So he's called Adam because of the way he was born. But then he's called Adam because of the red a soup of lentils that uh, he uh, sold the b'chora for. And Yaakov is called Yaakov, (laughs) because he's holding on to the heel. And uh, Esau will interpret Yaakov differently. You know why he's called Yaakov? He's cheated me twice. He took my Bechorah and now he takes the bracha. So the names are very, very important because in the Torah the names speak to the people. They tell us who they are. We'll have regarding Moshe Rabbeinu, Kimen, Menamayim So it's, these are not abstract names. And in fact, we'll find in the Midrashim that many of these people had other names. Moshe had, for instance, uh, other names, Yekusiel, Tovia, Yered, but he's not called by those names even though those may have been the names that his parents gave him but he's called Moshe the Torah wants us to remember that he was saved from the waters so now we come to this week's Parsha which is loaded with names. Again, just one more note about last this week's parsha. When he comes to, uh, the, the, to the place where he has the dream, Yaakov Avinu, and he sees Sula Mutsav Artzav Roshem Agiya so it says Yaakov Avinu named it Beisel, the House of God. Because there he saw this uh, miraculous vision of heaven. The Torah remarks, that wasn't its name. It was known as the city of Luz. But Yaakov renamed it because of the event that took place there. And we find that again in the Torah regarding Be'er Sheva. The one interpretation is because they took an oath there of Roman and Another interpretation is Sheva because there were seven uh, sheep or rams that were sacrificed there. The third interpretation is because there were seven wells there. But the name is not a random name. And you'll find uh, throughout the human society, uh, names play a great role, and certainly names of places. So we name them after people, we name them after events, we name them after the geography of the area, We name them sometimes because of memory. So all of that is in this week's Parsha. So Yaakov Avinu is going to father the 12 tribes of Israel. And the Torah uh, details for us the name that was given to each of the sons, and the reason that it was given. And that remains, uh, well, if you look at it, you say, well, who needs this, right? It should say that Jacob Avino had 11 sons, 12 sons, and a daughter, and that he went home, and he took his children with him. Who cares what their names are? the uh, Torah almost lovingly uh, devotes an explanation to each of the names. So why was he called Ruvain? See my child. I gave birth to a child, Leia says. Chazal Darshan, Chazal uh, expanded it and said, Ruma Bein Leven Look at the difference between my children, my child, and other children. My relatives, right? They're cousins. Their cousins are pagans. Your cousins are violent. My son, Is therefore special. And then she has a son, Shimon. Kishoma Hashem, the Revon Shalom heard, and the Revon Shalom is aware. Now, all of these children are named in relationship to the domestic discord that exists in the house of Yaakov Avina. Leah is constantly striving that Yaakov should accept her. That he should somehow get over the fact that she became his wife through subterfuge. Through the cheating of Lava. And uh, to a certain extent, Yaakov feels always his relationship with Leah is one of betrayal. He was betrayed. He feels that by being with Leah, he betrays Rachel. It's a very complex, difficult situation. Now, why it occurs this way, you know, that's an like Shema Elokeinu. But those were the facts that the Chumash records for us. So he's coming from a uh, an emotionally difficult place, and she suffers. <laughs> the Lord is aware of her discomfort. So every child that she has she gives a name that somehow she hopes will change the situation. Shimon, Shoma Hashem kol bichidur, heard my weeping, my, my, uh, my angst, my tension, terrible, the Lord has heard me. Now, now, before she all point out that this also puts a burden on the child, because the child will grow up and know why he or she was named that way, and that further complicates the matter. Levi, Hapam Love Ishi. Now he will accompany me. I gave birth to three sons and my quota is fulfilled. Certainly now he will uh, change his attitude towards me. But uh, the Torah never records uh, what happens with Leah. I mean, our tradition is, Yaakov Avinu says it, that he buried Leah in the Mores HaMachpelo, and that she lies with him there. Roche will be buried on the road. Near Efrat on the way to Bethlehem. But uh, the Torah tells us nothing about Leah later. What was supposed to, uh, happen in the family dynamics. And, uh, then she gives birth to Yehuda. I give thanks to God, I give, cause it's more than my quota now. Madris tells us that they each were aware that they would have four wives and each one would therefore contribute three sons, and now she has four already. So therefore Odeh is Hashem Yehuda. Forshim also point out that Yehuda is the same uh, Hebrew root as Modeh. Someone who can admit something. You we'll see later in the story of Yehuda and Tomar that Yehuda will say, Tsotka Mimeni, she's right, I'm wrong, he'll say it publicly. But all the embarrassment that's involved. The power to admit. And that will be with the revelation of the story with Yosef itself. Yehuda's is the one that saves the situation. And that's why the Jewish people are called on the name of Yehuda, Judah. And that's not enough. Then she has a fifth son, Zvumim. Again is Ishi my husband now will build his house with me five sons he has to come to me he has to have a relationship with me i'm the I'm the main one here and finally she has a sixth son isoka. It's my reward for everything. Half of the Jewish people. That's something that Yaakov cannot ignore. Rachel does not have children. She's barren. And there's a crisis, therefore, between Yaakov and Rocha. If Leah would not have children as well, then it would be possible to say that Yaakov is the one that's barren. But Leah has a flock of children. And, uh, Roche complains. She says, uh, "When your father didn't have uh, and your mother didn't have children, they, your father prayed for it. He put effort into it. And apparently, you 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 don't care. So there's a further tension in the family." And Yaakov answers her, What do you want from me? Am I God? I'm not a miracle worker. Uh, Medrash points out that the Yaakov uh, should not have said that. Is, the Medrash says, Is that the way you talk to people who are depressed and who are so sad? You chastise them. You say, it's your fault. So in this, uh played out the entire drama of human life. Very difficult situations. That's why Yaakov will say later, when he's asked how old he is, he'll say, ma'at veroyim you yamei chayai. I did not have an easy life, not from day one. So you're living in a house that's full of tension. And that will explain, not uh, justify, but will explain the background for the brothers in Yosef. They are raised with this tension. They're raised with having difficulties in the house. And therefore they are uh, suspicious. They see things negatively. From that unfolds the story, but that's not this week's parsha yet. So Ruchel... uh, resorts to the idea that sorry Imenu did and she gives her maidservant Billa to Yaakov that he should marry her and she gives birth to two sons for The reasons which the before Shim, uh, discussed, but it's very hard to put our, uh, really our minds around it. Leah imitates her. She takes her maid servant Zilpah and gives her to, uh, Yaakov, and each one of them gives birth to two sons Don, Naphtali, God, Usher, which only introduces a further uh, tension into the house because now there are a lot of players psychologically that exist and there the Torah gives us a reason every time why they were named Asher ki ashrimi bonos. Naftuli elakim nifthalti. I've wrestled and I've uh, overcome. Bo god, god is mazaltov. Simcha keit. Don, the nani elakim. The lord has judged me and found me innocent. So each one of these names, every time you mention it, you are opening up the whole story. Which is an interesting observation. We'll talk about it in a minute, how it has practical import as well. So finally, Rachel gives birth to a child, to a son. Leah gave birth to a daughter, Dina. So there again, the um, before say, because she was supposed to give birth to a seventh son, and that would have eliminated Rachel's share completely. So the Bible Shalom made that she gave birth to a daughter. That was the judgment. So it's uh, the first in the long line of Jewish women that should really have been a boy. And they could have been Goonim. So the Rochel son's name is Yosef. Saying, Yosef Hashem ben acher not enough, this one. Let him increase. I want another one. So, uh, in effect, you're saying the child is not the fulfillment yet. And then you have uh, that Yomin will be born, and Rachel will call him Ben the child of my affliction, because she's dying in childbirth. And Yaakov will call him Binyomin. But you cannot say Binyomin without realizing that his mother died. Without realizing that originally he was Benomi. So if we put it all together... If you say these names, each one evokes a memory and not necessarily a pleasant one. Each one evokes a tension, a struggle, an attempt to overcome uh, a situation that could destroy others. And out of that, Yaakov has to build the Jewish people. Now, over the ages, names have been very important in Jewish life. But sometimes it's almost a luck of the draw. So biblical names remain amongst us. But, for instance, the the names of the great people of the Talmud have disappeared completely. Nobody calls their child Abaya, Rava, Ula, the names have all gone, even though those were the names of the greatest scholars of Israel. And names uh, change. They become corrupted. So for instance, the name Schneir, which is famous in Ashkenazi, in the Ashkenazic world. The first Lubavitcher Rebbe was Schneur Zalman. So Schneur Zalman are both not Hebrew names. Schneur is the corruption of the Spanish Señor was a Spanish name. And the Jews in Spain, so you had Avram Senor, it was a famous name. When they left Spain and they came to Eastern Europe, so uh, Senor became Schneur. Zalman is Shlomo. But that's Germanized Shlomo. And you have many times people today are called by both names, Shlomo Zalman. They go together. Other names that go together: is Shraga Feivel. So Shraga is again an Aramaic name, meaning fire. Feivel is also fire, German, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So then the question arose, are names supposed to be memories for previous generations? Or for events? Or are names to be taken at random? So again, both in the Ashkenazic and Sephardic world, Names were supposed to evoke memories. So in the Ashkenazic world, we name children after deceased relatives because we want their names to be remembered. So if you say, if the child's name is Moshe, so then it's because his zayde was Moshe, so then he knows that he had... A grandfather. He remembers. Then all sorts of uh, connections arose so that there were superstitions regarding names. What if the grandfather was not such a nice guy? What if the grandfather uh, died tragically young? I remember after the Shoah, immediately afterwards, uh, when the survivors had children, they did not name them after those that were destroyed in the Shoah. So, is the Shoah to be remembered or to be forgotten? And uh, these issues uh, existed throughout the Jewish history and Jewish life. Because now in Israel, for instance, we have all sorts of different names. So uh, popular names, Eitan. So that's a reference to Abram of But you have like Ayal, or a name after a deer, or names after plants, or all sorts of names. And the Yiddish names disappear into uh, for a great deal of Israeli society. And the Svartim have a completely different system of names. One of the interesting things that happened here in Eretz soil is that when the Jewish pioneers returned, they named all of the places again with their biblical names. In order that it should establish the continuity of Jewish life in this country. So names are important. People feel very emotional about them. In my uh, rabbinic career, I have had to uh, soothe ruffled feelings at, uh, at, uh, at circumcisions many times because of the fact that the child was given name A and some of the parents wanted name B. And so the custom became that you had more than one name. Some people had as many as three names or four names to try and satisfy that. And that always puts a burden on the child. And if you have a a name that would uh, register somehow as being strange, and you don't want to do that to the child. Go to school, they'll all make fun of it. I know a wonderful uh, person that they wanted to name him after his uh, grandfather or great-grandfather. The name would be Yechiel Michel. But he would have to go to the American public school system. So they would call him Ichi Michi. So they didn't want that to happen. So they called him something else. But there always was a tinge of regret in the family that he wasn't named uh, Ichi U So the Torah opens up this Pandora's box for us this week with the names of the Shvatim, But with the realization that by taking all the names together, we invoke the memories of the Ovos and the Mohos, and therefore the task in life is to blend them all together so that you have this great people that will survive and preserve all of the names, and that's the task of Cloud Yisrael. So Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Thank you for coming. We'll see you next week. Yeah. No. <laughs> Don't worry calling, ichi michi.